just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. It's debate night. Aren't you all excited? I'm pretty excited. Tonight, the Bristol County Sheriff's uh, candidates on the Democratic side will be in studio with me, attorney Nick Bernier, Attleboro Mayor and former state rep Paul Haru, former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil will all be in studio for the debate, the only primary debate uh, for the Bristol County Sheriff's of the season and you can hear it here on wbsm that's going to start at eight o'clock from eight to nine they're going to be asking each other questions i'm going to be asking them questions and then from nine to ten we're going to ask them some questions but you get to ask them questions if you call in at 508-996-0500 that's how you can get on you can also message on the wbsm app chat and if you have a good question i will certainly i will certainly read it on the air for the candidate so those are two ways you can interact with the debate tonight from uh, after uh, from 9 to 10 you can call in and talk to them directly and if you want to just talk to one of them that's fine too uh, but you can call in and talk to them directly and ask them a question directly, and they'll answer it. Or you can message on the WBSM app chat, and then I'll ask them the question. And I'll say, you know, so-and-so from such-and-such such a place has asked this question, and they'll answer it. It's a really important election. It's a really important election. Once every six years, you get to vote for the Bristol County Sheriff, someone with... Uh, an extraordinary amount of, of power over a, pop, a a large population of people. Um, one of the most important jobs, I think, in the public safety sphere. They are they have care, custody, and control over people who are incarcerated, people who are awaiting trial. People who have been convicted, they're all held at the, the Bristol County House of Correction. Now, Sheriff Tom Hodgson has a different philosophy than these candidates about how individuals in their, um, in their care and custody should be treated. And they're going to they're going to they're going to present an alternate vision. Sheriff Hodgson, as you know, has more of the old style 80s, 90s hard on crime approach. These three individuals have through, uh, you know, have diff varying perspectives, but are typically of the uh, opinion that you need to have a smart on crime approach, that more person centered planning is uh, important in ending the revolving door of corrections. So we're going to hear their vision tonight. They're going to make the case. And I think one of the most important cases that they have to make tonight is how why are you the best candidate to face Tom Hodgson in the fall, right? Because local Democrats, local activists have been looking to unseat Tom Hodgson for 25 years to no success. 
to no success. And so the, these candidates have to say, this is the year and I'm the person to do it. And here's why. Here's why I can beat a well-funded, long-time incumbent who's a skilled communicator. Here's how I can win. Here's how I will win. I think that's the case that they have to make today. And we're going to be talking about other stuff, you know. There is the Ash Street Jail, the lawsuit that was filed against Sheriff Hodgson's office recently uh, about the May, uh, after the having to do with the May 1st, 2020 um, prison riots. We're going to hear about their opinions on that. And whatever you want to ask them at 508-996-0500. I'll be taking your calls for now at 508-996-0500. At 7.30, we have Attorney General Candidate Quentin Palfrey. He's joining us in studio from 7.30 to 8. He's in the area, and he's 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 coming by the studio to talk to you guys about why he thinks he should be your next Attorney General, why he thinks he should be the Democratic nominee for Attorney General. I previously had Shannon Lisbrearden on. I've uh, spoken with, on the record, Andrea Campbell. I haven't gotten her in studio yet, but I have spoken with Andrea Campbell on the record uh, before when I saw her uh, in the South Coast um, a few times. And it's a very competitive election for Attorney General, very competitive primary that Paul Free, Liz Reardon, and Andrea Campbell are in. Andrea Campbell's actually been campaigning with Maura Healy. I think she was campaigning today with Maura Healy uh, in the Berkshires. But... um, Quentin Palfrey has the endorsement of the of the Democratic convention. He won the convention. And he has a great deal of experience in the AG's office as well. Shannon Liss Reardon is a remarkably accomplished labor attorney. And I thought she laid out her case pretty well. There's a column on WBSM.com with uh, some of the highlights of my interview with her. And you can check out those. Uh, you can check out that and the podcast that's in that column as well. So Chris will be back on Friday. We have a uh, we have a a good show planned for you on Friday. It's actually going to be uh, an internet exclusive show. So we want to you know we we carry the pat the Patriots here on WBSM with the number one home in the South Coast for the Patriots broadcasting here. But we also want uh, people to interact with our digital medium. You know, we have an expanding digital footprint here at WBSM. Uh, we have the app, which is getting more and more downloads. You know, every single day we're getting down, we're, we're seeing downloads, people downloading the app, people preferring to listen on the app. I listen on the app all day. You know, if I'm at the home, if I'm at my house, I do have a, and I have a traditional radio. I have a traditional radio, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I like the medium. But I listen on the app. I carry it wherever I go. I go outside. I walk my cat. Yes, I walk my cat. I have the app on. Listening to Tim, listening to Barry, right? If it's a Saturday, I'm listening to Jess, listening to Ken. So, so we, you know, we're encouraging people to interact with, uh, with our, uh, formats digitally. You know, we want more people messaging on the, we're getting a lot of good responses from the app chat. We want more people messaging on the app chat. Uh, you know, if you don't want to download the app, I guess that's fine. You can listen online. You can go to WBSM.com and you can stream it online. But it's a, it, we've got a really good show planned for Friday. It's an internet exclusive show. It'll be a lot of fun. Chris and I, uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have a good time and hopefully you'll have a good time with us. You can, again, da- interact with our medium digitally. I think a lot of people, even when they're in the car, prefer to put the app on because the app is the best way to get the clearest, 
uh, the clearest sound and not worry about signal interference or anything like that. You're guaranteed to hear, you're guaranteed to hear the, uh, what we're broadcasting if you listen on the app. So I think it's really cool. It's exciting. It's an exciting way to encourage our, um, encourage our listeners to download the app again. It's, they've been downloading it every day. We're seeing new downloads here and encourage our listeners to interact with our, uh, interact with our shows digitally as well. And there's a call button on the app. You can just press it. You just press the call button on the app and it'll take you, you don't have to dial anything. You don't even have to know the number, but if you want to know the number, it's 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program today. Uh, so some breaking news happened. There was the uh, there apparently the effort to gather signatures to repeal the Work and Family Mobility Act. Uh, they're saying they've got enough signatures. They're saying they got it's you know it was forty thousand one hundred and something. It was one percent of I think the 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 standard is one percent of the electorate that voted in the most recent gubernatorial race, which was in 2018. So that number amounted to 40,000 40, and change. Now, I've said before, I mean, I'm, a bit, I, I'm in big opposition to this repeal effort because um, I think the Work and Family Mobility Act solves a problem, and I think appealing it is purely uh, an emotional argument. It's not a practical one, right? And this is policy. We like to be practical here. But um, the Work and Family Mobility Act, by the way, if you don't know exactly what that is, the Work and Family Mobility Act is the um, is the legislation that was passed by the uh, by the House and Senate on Beacon Hill that would allow for um, undocumented immigrants to apply for a driver's license. So do what we had to do to get our driver's license to be able to drive on the road. They'd have to do the same thing. Go to driving school, you know, go to driving school, take the classes, take the test buy insurance just like everybody else. Um, clearly, again, it solves a problem. There are people that are out there on the road driving without the licensure because they can't get the licensure. This allows a good portion of them to get a licensure, to get a driver's license, to be insured so that if they get into an accident, Right? They're insured. You're not left on a lurch. So that they're trained. So that they can drive on the road the same way we all drive on the road. But they got the they got the signatures they said to repeal it. You need more, right? So you got forty thousand signatures. You probably really need about sixty thousand signatures. And because what happens when you get signatures for anything, when you get signatures for a candidate that's on the ballot, when you get signatures for a ballot question, it has to go to the secretary of the Commonwealth's office and it has to be certified by the secretary of the Commonwealth. Enough of those signatures have to be certified. Right. And so the secretary of the Commonwealth can look at some of those. And there are some signatures on those that are definitely invalid, just just from someone who has gone out and got signatures for myself and other people, you know that there are signatures on there that get crossed out. There are signatures on there that are not going to count. So they have to have enough to get on the ballot. So what's interesting is they have to submit it by August 24th. They have to submit it to the Secretary of the Commonwealth. What's interesting is there's a primary. Secretary Galvin, who's in charge of this, the Democrat Secretary Galvin, is facing a primary challenger, Tanisha Sullivan. Right. 
And Tanisha Sullivan is out here, uh, you know, saying to him, you know, a few things. But I think the primary messaging she's giving she's giving to uh, against Bill Galvin is that you're not doing enough to protect communities of color, to protect the disenfran uh, against disenfranchisement in particular. And so this. Um, this could be an opportunity for Galvin to really look at those signatures, really carefully examine them, right? And see if there's enough to get kicked off the ballot, uh, to get kicked off of the, the signature gather, uh, the, um, the signature list to not put it on the ballot. I mean, there's going to be legal challenges and all that. And there's going to be a legal challenge to this law when it goes to the SJC. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. If it makes on the ballot, there's going to be some 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 serious campaigning uh, going for those ballot questions. I think a lot of money and interest going on both sides. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Marcus. Uh, Chris will be back on Friday, but we're joined now by candidate for Attorney General Quentin Palfrey. Hey, Quentin, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. So uh, before we get started, if you want to just uh, introduce yourself to the audience and explain uh, why you're running for attorney general. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I'm Quentin Palfrey. I'm a proud Democrat running for attorney general. I'm proud to have the endorsement of the Democratic Party in this race for AG. Um, and I'm a former assistant attorney general. I was the first chief of the health care division in the attorney general's office at the time that we were implementing Massachusetts health reform. So we worked really hard to make sure that everyone had access to high quality, affordable health care. I also had the great honor to serve in the White House under President Obama. I was senior advisor for jobs and competitiveness. Um, and on day one of the Biden administration, um, I uh, went back into the federal government. I was acting general counsel of the Commerce Department, uh, help launch the new administration and clean up some of the messes we inherited from the Trump administration. That's cool. So we're speaking with Quentin Palfrey, uh, candidate for attorney general. So it's a competitive field. What do you think separates you from the, the other two candidates in the race? Yeah, so I think the first thing is uh, my experience. I think this would be a really hard job to do as your first job in government. I've been yeah. a senior leader in the attorney general's office. I've seen firsthand how much impact the people's lawyer can have on New Bedford and communities all across Massachusetts. Um, in the Biden administration, I led a team of almost 400 lawyers um, wow. in a department of 50,000 people in a $12 billion budget. Um, and I think that with the really big challenges that we're going to face uh, under the next attorney general. You need an attorney general who's done this before, who's ready on day one uh, to take on some of these really big challenges that ranges from uh, the U.S. Supreme Court undermining our civil rights, a democracy that's under attack, um, and also, you know, really big challenges in our economy and cha challenges in health care and uh, criminal justice issues. You know, I think my experience really sets me apart. So, uh, Speaking of that, you know, there's a six to three supermajority for conservatives on the Supreme Court. Um, how, as attorney general, can you um, circumnavigate a lot of these very uh, unfriendly uh, rulings to uh, working people of the Commonwealth? Yeah, we've got some really big challenges ahead of us because the Supreme Court has been hijacked by these extremists. You know, that Dobbs opinion, the abortion decision uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, it was outrageous, uh, yeah. but it wasn't surprising. Um, yeah. the, the conservatives uh, in Washington have been planning this for a long time. Yeah. We need uh, to protect abortion rights here in 
Massachusetts. We're going to need to protect people fleeing persecution from other states. We got bounty hunters. It's a crazy yeah. time. Um, but we also can tell uh, that this is the beginning of their attacks on our civil rights. They're gunning for LGBTQ rights, equal marriage, the yeah. right to contraception, even interracial marriage uh, was uh, was referenced in Justice Thomas's uh, concurring opinion. So we're going to need the Attorney General in Massachusetts to really stand up and defend our civil rights for a long time to come. Uh, there's some other really terrible decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. One of them is going to undermine our ability uh, to regulate in the environmental space. We need to bring uh, urgency to the fight against the climate crisis. I'm honored to have the support of the Sierra Club and 350 Mass in this race. Uh, there was another opinion last month that's going to undermine uh, some of the ability of states like Massachusetts uh, to take on the gun violence epidemic. Uh, Massachusetts has some of the best uh, laws on guns uh, and some of the some of the best results. Um, and the Supreme Court, uh, you know, trying to tie our hands is a real problem. We're speaking with Quentin Palfrey, candidate for attorney general. So you were able to get the well, you earned the endorsement of the uh, state Democratic Party. What do you think it says about your campaign that they were that they uh, got behind you? Yeah, I'm very honored to have the endorsement of the Democratic Party in this race. And it came out of our grassroots organization. We've uh, been really committed to building a grassroots organization in the South Coast and in all of the parts of Massachusetts. Uh, I was the Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor in 2018. That was the way right. that we built that campaign. Um, and that's going to be our path to success uh, in uh, the primary in three weeks. I'd be honored to have your listeners support in that race. We're really doing this uh, in a neighborhood to neighborhood kind of way. I'm also a clean elections candidate. I've rejected outside special interest money. I'm not self-financing my campaign. Um, I'm playing by the rules of the public financing system, which is a clean election system in Massachusetts. So our uh, race is going to be powered by the grassroots. Why that's important is if you want your attorney general to stand up against uh, big uh, corporate special interests, you can't also have those corporate special interests funding uh, their campaign like they are with some of my competitors. You think about the AG taking on Purdue Pharma or the Sackler family, taking on Exxon Mobil, taking on Walmart. You can't um, have an AG stand up to those big corporations if those big corporations are funding those campaigns. And so I'm really proud uh, to be independent and, and, and really want to be the people's lawyer. So your your campaign is uh, powered by what you're saying is individual donations. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's all, all that we're, um, we're basing this on. I'm not self-funding my campaign. One of my opponents, uh, you see her ads all over the airwaves because she said she may spend up to $12 million of yes. her own money uh, from some of those class action settlements. Um, another opponent has refused to uh, to swear off special interest money and has, has gotten a lot of support uh, from super PACs. Um, and I'm a candidate who's, uh, who run this based on, on the grassroots. But, you know, at the end of the day, Mike Bloomberg isn't president of the United States. He can't buy an election for attorney yeah. general. And when candidates uh, get out there with the grassroots, that's how we were able to win the endorsement of the Democratic Party at the state convention. And that's how we're going to win this race. We're speaking with 
Quentin Palfrey, candidate for Attorney General. So what's your assessment of uh, Maura Healy's performance as Attorney General, and what would you do differently? So I think Maura Healy's been a terrific Attorney General. I was the chief of the health care division in the Attorney General's office at the time that she was the chief of civil rights. Uh, it was really inspiring to see her fight back again and again against a corrupt and immoral Trump administration. I loved seeing her take on ExxonMobil, take on the uh, Sackler family. Um, and I think that you want the next attorney general to be able to fill those really big shoes uh, by having an experienced attorney general who's done this work before and who's ready on day one to really uh, build on that legacy. Um, I think there's some opportunities for us to be more engaged in communities like New Bedford and Fall River and the South Coast. Um, one of the things I'm really committed to um, as somebody who grew up in central Massachusetts, um, I you know have this feeling that Beacon Hill forgets uh, that the rest of the state's state is out here. And so mm -hmm. I'm really committed uh, to being present here on the South Coast and really getting to know uh, the particular challenges of each community. I'm coming from uh, a barbecue that we were at uh, in Fall River, you know, hearing a lot about challenges uh, in that community from uh, mental health crisis, mm -hmm. the opioid crisis, uh, you know, tr problems with transportation, an economy that's not working for everyone, challenges in accessing health care. And I want to be really present in every community so we can bring the resources of the Attorney General's office to communities like New Bedford and Fall River and other parts of the South Coast. What is the role of the Attorney General's office in, in addressing uh, those um, cascading inequities that you just mentioned? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mentioned I was the first chief of the healthcare division in the attorney general's office. The AG has a really big role in standing up for consumers uh, when they're being mistreated by insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies. When I was in the attorney general's office, um, we kept hearing from people that uh, insurance companies were lying to them about their uh, coverage and then they'd get cancer or some other um, uh, other illness um, and it wouldn't be covered. Um, and so we sued those companies. Um, and after a couple of years of litigation, uh, we got big recoveries for consumers and we kicked three of the worst uh, insurance companies out of Massachusetts. I think it's a really good example of what the people's lawyer can do standing up for consumers and workers. Um, we also, uh, you know, uh, we can do a lot more to fight the issue of wage theft. Um, so a lot of workers don't get the wages or the benefits that they've earned. Um, and I would like to use the attorney General's office um, to really investigate those allegations of wage theft, stand up for gig workers when they're being misclassified uh, and when their uh, benefits or their right to collective bargaining is being undermined. Uh, I think we've got a lot of work to do in the education space uh, where yeah. you live and the color of your skin shouldn't determine what kind of education your kids get. Um, but we've got a really inequitable inequ uh, education system, and that's definitely something I'd like to take on as well. We're speaking with Clinton Palfrey, candidate for attorney general. You spoke about uh, education. Um, what role can the attorney general play in um, sort of staving off a lot of moneyed interests in uh, education that I think are, are, are preying on, uh, you know, uh, communities uh, 
preying on communities of color and communities that are uh, disadvantaged, such as charter schools. Yeah, absolutely. This is a really big issue in our race because one of my opponents, Andrea Campbell, has been a big supporter of expanding charter schools, has received a lot of support um, from charter school backers like Jim Walton, like Reed Hastings, like Bain Capital. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, in 2016, the voters rejected expanding charter schools. I think that they undermine our public schools. They siphon off resources and pick winners and losers. And I think the real solution is really to invest in every community, make sure that all of our public schools have the resources that they need. Uh, we're having a, a, a conversation in Massachusetts about receivership. Um, and I think that that has not worked uh, when yeah. uh, when the state has stepped in and says it knows best and uh, you know tried to take over some of these school systems. It's made things worse and also undermined uh, local decision makers. We definitely need um, to focus more on fixing um, some of the challenges in our uh, in our school systems. But I don't think receivership and expanding charter schools is the way to do it. We're speaking with Quentin Palfrey, candidate for uh, attorney general. So um, we're actually going to take a break and we'll be right back. 1420 W. Marcus, uh, Chris will be back on Friday. We've got the debate coming up at eight. But first, we're joined by candidate for attorney general Quentin Palfrey. So, um, Quentin, uh, one of the one of the criticisms of Maura Healy uh, by her detractors and even by some people in the party is that she spent too much time suing the Trump administration. Uh, there was a column in the Boston Globe that said most of those uh, efforts were successful, though. What's your opinion on those big national lawsuits um, against uh, somebody like Trump or against, let's say, uh, the one that was filed against Florida for the for the don't say gay law. What's your opinion on that? Would you continue to do that as attorney general? Absolutely. We got to stand up and fight back every time our civil rights are attacked, every time uh, our ability to uh, take on the climate crisis is attacked. I think that she did a wonderful job of taking on those national cases. Uh, when I'm attorney general, if I have the honor to be the attorney general, I'm going to fight against the Supreme Court. We're going to take on big uh, national uh, cases, um, but we're also going to focus on local things. One of the things I really enjoyed about being uh, in the attorney general's office was this mixture of taking on really big cases that can have a really big impact, working with other attorneys general to take on uh, big issues that have uh, a national or international impact. But also we would hear individual consumer complaints and we would try and resolve them. We would take on small cases. Every day you worked in the office, you really felt like you were having a big impact. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I'd like to be really present here in the South Coast and really focused on local issues as well. So I look, I think you can walk and chew gum. I think you can take on big sure. cases and still deal with local issues. We're speaking with Quentin Paul, free candidate for attorney general. So um, one of the things, you know, we talked about the Dobbs decision. There was also a decision that um, significantly limit, limited states' abilities to have uh, improved gun safety. Um, and, you know, we have pretty good gun laws here. A lot of people would say, I think even a lot of conservatives would say, but um, that is now, it hasn't been tested yet. Right. So how as attorney general are you going to defend um, our gun laws and even maybe strengthen them? 
Yeah, you know, look, I'm the father of three children. I got a 13-year-old and 11 and a 5. And you see, you know, these awful uh, mass shootings like we had in Nivaldi. And you remember, you know, uh, with Sandy Hook a decade ago saying we should never let yes. this happen again. And everybody mobilizes. And yeah. then, you know, the NRA shuts down meaningful reform. And then 10 years fa passes and the same things are happening over and over again. And part of that has to do with the power of the NRA and special interest money in Washington. But as you say, Massachusetts has some of the best gun laws in the country. Uh, we've had some of the best leadership, and I think Maura Healy's done a wonderful job. And we've had some of the best results. Uh, you know, any uh, any gun violence is too much gun violence. But uh, on a statistical basis, Massachusetts has done a little bit better because we've had better laws. And I think, you know, uh, the Supreme Court is undermining our ability to regulate. We're going to need to work with the legislature and fight in the courts to protect uh, the strongest possible gun laws. I think there's a lot more work that we can do. You shouldn't manufacture uh, guns here, assault weapons that you can't sell here. And so we should shut that down. We should hold manufacturers accountable for some of the harm that they cause. We got to prevent weapons of war from coming in from out of state that aren't legal here. We got to do a better job with ghost guns and 3D printed uh, you know, guns. So there's, there's definitely some work to be done there. I'd love to see some community gun violence prevention and a little bit more focus on suicide prevention, which is you know one of the areas Areas where uh, most uh, gun violence is, is most harmful in Massachusetts. But, the, you know, at the end of the day, I think we've had a really good approach here, and the AG needs to be part of continuing that leadership. We're speaking with Quentin Paul, free candidate for attorney general. So um, I know the. Uh this isn't always in the purview of the AG as much as it is uh, a district attorney, but uh, criminal justice reform is an important issue. Uh, you know, we're in a, a few minutes actually hosting a, uh, a candidate's debate for Bristol County Sheriff, uh, pre presenting alternate visions of how our local uh, criminal justice system uh, should work. What improvements do you think should be made to the criminal justice system in the Commonwealth and how can you facilitate it as attorney general? Yeah. So, I mean, look, we're not going to arrest and incarcerate our way out of problems that are primarily about uh, substance use challenges, mental health challenges, unstable housing. So I really think we need to shift our focus towards uh, prevention, making sure that folks have an opportunity uh, to succeed in life. I think that Rachel Rollins, uh, with her uh, innovative use of prosecutorial discretion, uh, was headed in the right direction. You know, I think in the wake of uh, the George Floyd murder. There's a lot more that we need to uh, think about in terms of racial disparities in policing and in our criminal justice system. I think that we've over incarcerated as a culture. Um, and if you look at um, the United States relative to other countries, you know, we've got more people uh, who are incarcerated. Um, I think that's the wrong way to go. I think we ought to be thinking about evidence based uh, ways of diverting people out of the criminal justice system. Sometimes we talk about this cradle to prison pipeline uh, where um, sometimes young people have escalating disciplinary responses uh, that end up uh, you know uh, uh, get, getting them off on the wrong uh, track and I think that we ought to you know try to create opportunities for people to succeed in life and intervene in evidence-based kinds of ways um, we also have a lot of work to do I think in the correction system there have been really serious allegations of mistreatment of people who are incarcerated 
located in the Department of Corrections. Um, and so I'd like for the Attorney General's office to have um, some direct uh, some, some direct personnel to look into allegations of mistreatment of uh, people who are incarcerated. Uh, I'd like to focus on you know greater attention to mental health services and substance use services, opportunities to get people uh, reentering society uh, when they're done with their terms of uh, of, of imprisonment. Uh, so I think there's a lot of work that we can do to make our system more just. But I think a lot of it is really, you know, we ought to be focusing on prevention. We ought to be trying to deal with some of the problems uh, that lead people into the criminal legal system and try and get ahead of that, and make sure that we're keeping our communities safe uh, by preventing a lot of that crime. I was speaking with Quentin Paul, free candidate for attorney general. Um, how can you promote... Um, you know, transparency as the attorney general, how can you promote transparency in uh, the workings of government? I mean, typically, you know, there's a lot of dutiful public servants, but there's also uh, people who don't necessarily run state departments or local governmental department departments the way they should. How can the attorney general work to make government work better for people? Yeah, so we're in a moment in American history where our democracy is literally under attack um, and where voter suppression and campaign finance problems really undermined faith, faith in democracy. That's just been a real leader in a lot of other areas. We're not a leader in democracy and transparency. We've got a very untransparent uh, government on Beacon Hill. You can't get access to the governor's office records. You can't get access to the legislature's records. Often you don't know how your legislator voted on important votes. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that that really undermines the ability uh, for people to hold their legislators accountable. Um, I think that we need an attorney general and other statewide leaders who can uh, really, you know, uh, hold uh, Beacon Hill's feet to the fire a little bit. I've called, for example, for an investigation into some of the problems the MBTA is having right yeah. now. So, you know, you see a train on fire, you see somebody dragged to their death, you see a train stop in the middle of a tunnel and everybody has to get out and risk their life. And I do think the attorney general has a role to play in uh, in making sure that we get to the bottom of what happened there. And, you know, I know one of my opponents won't answer the question. Another opponent said that it should be up to the auditor uh, to look into the, you know, the, the, the dollars and cents aspects of it. But I think the AG ought to get to the bottom of this. And, uh, you know, when um, there was a, a part of the tunnel that fell apart uh, during the big dig, um, the attorney general's office um, uh, and it, it killed somebody. You know, the attorney general's office launched an investigation, looked into that, held people accountable. And I think we ought to do that uh, again with this. You know, I think that we ought to have uh, the AG look into the state police. Um, you know, there have been serious allegations of mismanagement and, um, uh, in the police. And I think, you know, uh, the public has the right uh, to be uh, served by a state police that's above reproach. And if you're working in the state place, you deserve to work in an agency that's well run um, that, and that isn't dogged by those allegations. So as attorney general, would you be investigating Beacon Hill for bad actors? Yeah, absolutely. So look, we've had four speakers of the House in the last two <laughs> decades, yes. uh, you know, uh, convicted of felonies. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, down here in the South Coast, there there's a mayor who's uh, who's had, had uh, you know, criminal problems in the last couple 
couple years. Look, Six years in federal prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. absolutely. The attorney general needs to be a watchdog uh, for public corruption. Um, and that's a really important role. And by the way, I think it's a real, really important role for somebody who's not part of the Beacon Hill culture. You know, I mean, one of my opponents has gotten uh, you know endorsed and supported uh, by practically everybody on Beacon Hill. And congratulations to her for those endorsements. But it does make it a lot more difficult uh, to hold Beacon Hill's feet to the fire. Um, if I'm attorney general, I'm going to have the kind of independence from Beacon Hill that's necessary to push for that kind of accountability and transparency. I'm going to be independent of those big corporate donors, too. So I'm going to be able to stand up to special interests, stand up to Beacon Hill um, and really hold people accountable. We're speaking with Quentin Paul, free candidate for attorney general. Um, Quentin, I appreciate you coming on today uh, and and sharing your platform with the audience. Um, before I let you go, is there uh, where can people go to learn more about your campaign? Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, thank you so much. So please come to QuentinPaulFree.com. We're running a truly grassroots campaign. That's how we won the endorsement to the Democratic Party at the convention was through neighbor-to-neighbor outreach. And that's how we're going to uh, prevail on September 6th. We'd love to get you involved in the campaign. Campaign. We're also running a clean elections campaign that's powered by grassroots support. So if you want to get involved in the campaign in that way, uh, we'd love it if you'd come to QuentinPaulFree.com. But I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, uh, having me back on. And, uh, you know, I'd love to come back another time soon. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks, Quentin. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the Bristol County Sheriff's Debate. 1420 WBS. Chris will be back on Friday, but we have coming up soon the Democratic primary debate for Bristol County Sheriff. Three candidates, Nick Bernier, George McNeil, and Paul Haru are all uh, fighting for the right to take on Sheriff Hodgson and be the next Bristol County Sheriff. Uh, just a message from the app chat following... Uh, Quint, uh, uh, Quentin Palfrey, Attorney General's candidate. I thought it was a great interview with Quentin Palfrey, AG's candidate. Um, apparently, William uh, from New Bedford uh, thought otherwise. Um, he said, uh, way too left for me. What happened to middle-of-the-road politicians like Baker? Um, you know, I think the, the vision that Quentin Palfrey is presenting is very similar to Maura Healy's, very similar to um, the other uh, Democratic candidates in the race. And I think that's one that the majority of Massachusetts voters are um, going to um, are going to gravitate to uh, having a more uh, equitable and just uh, Commonwealth. Um, and I think a lot of these issues, such as criminal justice reform, such as um, gun reform, such as health care reform, really isn't a lot of middle of the road uh, to be had. So um, that's what I would say to to that. Um, but we've got the candidates on for attorney general. Uh Huh, interesting. So, we've, I mean, we've got the candidates on for Bristol County Sheriff. They're going to be here after the uh, eight after the eight o'clock hour from eight to nine. They're going to ask each other questions. I'll ask them questions from nine to ten. You get to ask them questions here on the WBSM app chat and by calling in at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on. You can ask them questions directly. They're going to introduce themselves. They're going to have two minutes to introduce themselves. Then they're going to each ask each other a, a question, and then I'll ask them some questions. And, of course, there'll be time to uh, for rebuttals uh, if a candidate is addressed in those statements. So 
I will see you guys on the other side of the 8 o'clock hour with the primary debate, uh, the Democratic primary debate for Bristol County Sheriff here on South Coast tonight, 1420 WBSM.